Hi, I'm Tiffany. And I'm Lindsay. And this is Luminol, Luminol Cocktail. Cocktail. So, hello. Hello. How are you today? Great. <laughs> so, how was your day? Honestly, it was very anxiety-ridden. I had to go to the doctor this afternoon, okay. and I don't like going to the doctor, but it's fine. Everybody lived. Yeah, I went to the gym this morning. And That's brave. I just have a gym in my house now. <laughs> we're, we're not all fancy like you, Lindsay. It was only $200. Oh, is that all? My Planet Fitness membership is only $10 That's a month. Fair. Also, Velma is now big enough to climb up on the couch by herself, Aww. and she figured out how to open the back door to let herself in. Oh. We're super fucked. Yeah, that's like having a baby that can walk around and I was, do things. I have to say, I wasn't anticipating the door handle. That is impressive. She's a smart dog. Yeah. She's so intelligent. See, I don't have any of those, so it's fine. <laughs> not as smart. That's not mine. She's yours. That's Alex. No, me and Alex split up. He gets Lana and I get the two dummies. Yeah, but whenever you guys get married, then it's not like your children. They're all... But if we still split up, he gets one and I get two. He doesn't even, he doesn't want to see the other two. He's like, no. No. Cut ties. I'm always like, well, they'll be sad. They'll miss their father. And he's like, well. I don't know how we would ever split up Zed and Velma because she, Zed is less attached, but she loves him. Yeah. Aw. Anytime. Like, he, like, (laughs) today, if you could see the look in his eye the first time she climbed up on the couch. Oh, no. He was just like. God damn it. My life is over. My last oasis. No, he still has the bed, which she can't get up on because it's too tall. Not yet. Not yet. It's coming, though. It is. I don't oh think any God. of the dogs would care if I split them up, honestly. Lana would be like, fuck yeah. Only yeah, dog I think Lana would be excited because she'd be the only dog. Um, Burr, I don't think, would care at all because he was a wild animal before we had him. <laughs> so <laughs> he hasn't been fully domesticated and Nash is too dumb. He'll forget like in two Aww, days. Poor baby. Oh, love that dog. Oh, he might be sad nice. if I disappeared. He would be. He'd be so sad. Not for long. <laughs> Keep bouncing back For two days. <laughs> My soul and Zed's soul are like enmeshed. I don't know if that's a good so word. So you're Rapunzel and, and Basically, Pascal. <laughs> yeah, we are Rapunzel and Pascal. And if something happens to one of us, I don't know what the other is going to do. There is an episode of Tangled the Series where Rapunzel has no fears because as long as she has Pascal by her side, she has nothing to this be afraid of. This is what I'm of. saying. <laughs> and when that happened, I was like, oh, there's my friend and her dog. Yes. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, do you, you want to get into the the meat? The topic of our episode this week? Yes. It's Bread hefty. and butter. We got a lot of pages, you guys. So what are we talking about this week? So this week, we're talking about... The Zodiac Killer. Yes. As we previously stated, we like to pick cases that maybe aren't super well known or super well covered, but we said we weren't going to shy like away. What would you like to do? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, we said from the get-go we weren't going to shy away from large cases. No, I think in, like, every season we should have one big, like, deep dive on, like, one specific massive Killer. Yeah, like one big super popular one. And that just... we can't cover separately. No, because it would take too much time yeah. and too much research. And... Yeah, like I can't, I couldn't fit all of this about the Zodiac. I tried to fit a serial killer into an, a, like an actual episode and it was super long. Like, I mean, it's doable, but it's like a goddamn challenge and you I'm not here for it. a lot of information Exactly, out. and it's not worth it. If no. you have to cut out half the information, then it's not worth talking about. Agreed. Where'd you get your information from? I got 
my information from the interwebs. Uh, the largest source of information that I used was ZodiacKillerFacts.com, which is, like, super interesting. Uh, but I will say, fair warning, it's pretty biased. But I think a lot of things about the Zodiac Killer honestly are biased. And then the rest of my information essentially came from, like, Google Facts. Because you were reading a whole goddamn book, were you not? No, I did. Tell me about it. So I got pretty much, no, I won't say pretty much all. I got all of my information from the Zodiac book by Robert Graysmith. Yeah, Graysmith. And then also the Zodiac movie, which we both watched. Yes, so. we uh, we watched the Zodiac movie. It gave me really good motivation. I think it's really interesting that we picked the sources that we did. Yes. Because... The uh, website Zodiac Killer Facts, whoever writes that website fucking hates that book. Fucking hates that movie. Why? Because they're very opinionated on certain things about certain suspects. The website or the book? The website is very Mm. opinionated about certain suspects and certain aspects of the case. And are just kind of like the person who wrote the book. They're like, he didn't know what he was talking about. And I'm like, he did fucking research just like you did, motherfucker. He did. Also, he worked at Right. Me. Like, he saw it first fucking hand. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure there are parts that people got wrong, but, like, also... I mean, he definitely... I mean, in the book, he's like, yeah, I spoke with multiple detectives, and, like, some he named, some they asked to not be named, so he didn't. Right. But, like, he's like, yeah, I double-checked all these things, spoke with attorneys spoke with detectives yeah i think at a certain point you can be as thorough as you want but there's always going to be someone who's like no that information is incorrect because this is what i think also do we know for sure if all information known about the zodiacs like shit that he pulled like if that's all been released or is there any still left right we don't know exactly so there's so much hearsay but i think overall the book is a good source. I think this website, Zodiac Killer Facts, is a good source. Like, I was definitely overwhelmed with information by reading the book. Same. Also, <laughs> that website has so many tabs, bro. Ooh. So many tabs. I love, and I they love have like tabs. drop down menus, and then the drop down menus have their own drop down menus. Oh, that's exciting. I wish our website was like that. We'll get there. The the book is also on my recommendations of books you need to read if you're into true crime on that website. Nice. I like it. <laughs> Uh, so we decided the way that we're going to cover this maybe a little differently than the way most people cover it is by kind of briefly going over the crimes. We're spending more time on the details surrounding them. Of course, that's not to minimize anything that happened to these victims, anything that they went through, whether they were killed by the Zodiac or they survived their attacks. It's not meant to minimize that in any way at all. But there are a ton of resources and so many people have covered this. We didn't want to spend a lot of time giving you information that you already have. So we just figured we'd kind of go over those points a little more briefly so that we would have the time to spend on other areas. The book does a great job going into the victims' like personal yeah. lives and who they were as well. So really, not that there's no point, but like there are other things we need to get through here. We've got around an hour. David Faraday, 17, and Betty Jensen, 16, shot and killed on December 20th, 1968, on Lake Herman Road within the city limits of mm-hmm. ben- Benicia? 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 I don't know. Ben- ben- it's B-E-N-I-C- You put that word there, not me. I-A. Well, that's where it took place. <laughs> <laughs> C- 
sorry, I don't live in California. <laughs> All right. Um, the next set of victims were Mike McGill, who was 19, and Darlene Farron, who was 22. They were shot on July 4th, 1969, in the parking lot of Blue Rock Springs Park in Vallejo. Michael survived the attack, but Farron was pronounced dead on arrival at Kaiser Foundation Hospital. So on August 2nd, 1969, the Chronicle runs the cipher that came with the first confirmed letter from the Zodiac. The letter's author claims responsibility for the killings in wherever the fuck that is in California that I can't say. And then what did you say the V1 was? Vallejo. Vallejo. Jesus, I am not meant for California, that's for sure. <laughs> the San Francisco Examiner and Vallejo Times Herald were mailed similar letters with additions to the Chronicle's published cipher. This is the only Zodiac crypt- cryptogram that has been officially deciphered. Now, the first cipher was not solved by a great team of government code crackers or any fancy computer, no. It was solved by a history teacher and his wife who just liked solving puzzles. Their answer that they got was pretty direct. Uh, I like killing people because it is so much fun. Um, They arrived at the conclusion, they were able to decipher it basically, because they assumed that his ego would force him to start with I. And they also figured, now in the movie, like when he talks about it to Robert Downey Jr., he's like, well, you know, what's the most commonly repeated double consonant in the English language? Yeah. I was like, I don't know. (laughs) But I guess when they talked about how they solved it, they were basically like, we knew he was going to talk about like some variation of killing, murder, whatever. Yes, that is also in the book as well. Um, So that's kind of where they started from. They're like, he's, he obviously has a huge ego. So I, and then kill, murder, something. They looked for like double repeating symbols Mm -hmm. to try to figure it out. Very impressive that they did that. It's so fucking smart. And techniques helped them solve it, and everybody was like, holy shit, these people are amazing, and they're correct. Who who decided they were correct? What official was like, yep. So, as they learned from solving later, or not solving, but trying to solve later Zodiac ciphers, basically nothing made sense yeah. in the other ciphers. But since these are concrete individual words... Oh, okay. They're like, this is a coherent sentence. These are actual words. This all makes sense. And also the fact that they were able to be like, hey, we solved your thing. And he wasn't like, no, fuck you. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. I feel like is also a pretty big indicator that... I was just curious who, like, because they couldn't solve it. So right, what makes that the official one? But it doesn't matter. Brian Hartnell, who was 20, and Cecilia Shepard, who was 22, were stabbed on September 27th, 1969. At Lake Berryessa in Napa County, Brian survived the attack while Cecilia died. Later on, Brian Hartnell would note that the man who attacked him and his girlfriend wore the symbol on his chest. To confirm that he was responsible for the attack, Zodiac left the sign on the door of Brian's car along with the time and method of attack. Which is ballsy as fuck. It's like, it's like the perfect time. The perfect timing is the Zodiac's whole thing. Right. Just it's all down to timing. Which really... If you think about where the Zodiac symbol potentially came from. (laughs) He's actually a time traveler. Is a pretty big fucking coincidence. Anyways. (laughs) So at the lake, police found tire marks which were listed as different sizes on the front. They were very worn and were 57 inches apart. A footprint was also found and a casting was made of it which revealed the foot size to be 10 and a half. 
It's Alex's size. Maybe he's the Zodiac. He's the Time Traveler. <laughs> oh my God. That'd be horrifying. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I'm going to write that book. That'd be so good for the pod. That's <laughs> it. That is that is copyrighted. That's mine. That is all Lindsay's. Girl is dating Time Traveler Zodiac Killer. I love it. Yeah. They also, the officers were also led to believe that Zodiac weighed about 220 pounds based on, I guess, the impression Clear prints of the heels indicated that the killer had not run off after the attack, so basically he was just taking his sweet fucking time. And the boots were wing walkers and had been distributed by the Air Force and Navy, which meant that the killer was involved in the military in some kind of way. The double stabbing was logged at 7.13pm at the Napa Sheriff's Office. At 7.40pm, one hour and ten minutes after the attack, the Zodiac called the Napa Police Department, saying... I want to report a murder. No, a double murder. They are two miles north of Park Headquarters. They're in a white Volkswagen Carmen Gia. Paul Stein, who was 29, was shot and killed October 11th, 1969 in Presidio Heights neighborhood in San Francisco. At 9.58 p.m., the report of the scene was placed by partygoers to Police Communications Center. But in this transaction, the description of the man was supposedly a black male. So an APB was put out and a patrol unit was parked nearby on Cherry and Washington. At 10 p.m., the officers saw a stocky man, quote unquote, lumbering along Jackson and Cherry. Now, patrolmen Donald Fout and Eric Zelms were looking for a black suspect. So they shouted to the man asking if he'd seen anything suspicious in the last minute or so. The stranger said he'd seen a man waving a gun running east on Washington, and the patrol car sped off in that direction. Had they stopped the man, Zelms and Falk would have seen the man was drenched in blood from Stein's head resting in his lap. Due to the mix-up in the description, the officers had no reason to suspect the stranger since he was white, and they were under the impression that they were supposed to be looking for a black male adult, which probably prevented them from catching the motherfucking Zodiac killer. Isn't that interesting? Oh, we, you know, time traveling. Once again, someone just goes back to that time and just happens to it's be thing. on Jackson and Cherry. Just or Washington, right whichever there. one it was. Can't remember now. And just takes a quick picture on their phone because you're time traveling, right. so you have one. Real quick, though. And then you, you come back to the, the real time and you post it on social media. Damn. Yeah. No, I don't want to do that. You know what I want to do? <laughs> Save the people probably who murdered. Yeah. yeah. I want to, like, take a picture so that I can remember and, like, commit it to memory and then go to the police and be like, I saw him. I can They're not going to believe you. Him. You're going to be put into, like, a mental institution. No. I'm going to pretend like I was there that night on the show. So you're not saving anybody? Well, I mean. Is it, it before oh, or after okay. the murders? <laughs> Well, they won't believe me if I go before. I would love to go before and save all the people. But I thought that's what you were saying was before. I I predict this murder. No, then I'll get put in jail for it. You're absolutely (laughs) right. Because we don't know what other moment to travel to to see the Zodiac Killer besides that one moment. So we have to go to that moment. I don't know, go to the lake, Berryessa. But no, because so when he was at the lake, he was wearing... A fucking... Yeah, that might be a good indication. Like, whoa, that guy's not that, normal. But I can't describe him to anyone then. I can't give him but a But you save the people. You tell them, get the fuck out of here. Okay. There's a maniac running around in a or hood. Or when you see him, you'd be like, Zodiac Killer! Across the lake. <laughs> he just shoots you. <laughs> Basically. And that's the story of how I died. Well, you can't time travel back. Oh, oh no. no. It's sequel to my book. <laughs> 
Oh, oh my god. Moving right along. Forward in the timeline. Yes. October 15th, 1969. The Chronicle runs another letter from the Zodiac. Once more, he claims responsibility for Stein's killing. Not once more. He just once more claims responsibility for a killing. It happens to be Stein's killing. I wrote that horribly. This letter included a bloody piece of Stein shirt as proof. On October 22nd, 1969... A man claiming to be the Zodiac called the Oakland Police Department and asked to speak with San Francisco attorney Melvin Belly. But I don't know. Go for it. Yeah. I don't remember. No. It was in the, it's in the movie. It's definitely in the movie. <laughs> on a TV talk show, Melvin agrees to take the call on the show and even agrees to meet the caller in front of his shop, but the caller doesn't show up. Later on, the police determined that the caller was actually not the Zodiac. I'm pretty sure they traced it back to a mental institution. November 12th, 1969, the Chronicle publishes a new cryptogram along with another letter from the Zodiac. He claims credit for two more murders, bringing his body count up to seven, but police would officially attribute only five killings to the Zodiac. Trying to take credit for other people's work, like a person in a group project, all I'm saying, it's what they do. On December 27th, 1969, our lawyer friend Melvin received a letter from the Zodiac. Well, it was confirmed by police that he received a letter from the Zodiac. He actually got the letter on December 20th, but it took some time for them to officially authenticate it. A whole week. Right. The letter included another piece of that blood-soaked cloth, which was identified as having belonged to Paul Stein. An attack against another cab driver, Charles Jarman, occurred on January 25th, 1970. It was only a few blocks from where Paul Stein had been killed. Yellow Cab decided to offer a $1,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of the Zodiac. However, police determined the Zodiac is not responsible for Charles' death. The news article that was written by Paul Avery about the Yellow Cab reward will be located on the website if you want to see it. Now, interestingly enough, after this, a 22-year-old woman named Kathleen John claimed that she was abducted by the Zodiac. She was driving on Highway 132 near Modesto with her newborn daughter in the car when a driver started flashing their headlights at her. She pulled over and the other driver explained that Kathleen's rear tire was loose and offered to tighten it for her. No. Such a good First Samaritan. off, don't, don't pull off. Right. So she was like, sure, bro, go ahead. So he fucked around with her tire a little bit and then pulled away. Kathleen tried to follow, but her tire immediately fell off. The helpful driver decided to come back and offered to give her a lift to a nearby station. Instead, the strange man drove them around for a couple hours, passing by multiple service stations, which I'm just saying, if somebody is like, I think your tire's loose, you'll be like, all right, thanks, don't touch my fucking car, and then drive. No, I'm not even doing that. No, I would drive. Don't let them touch my car. Well, don't let the... I'm not not pulling over. Don't pull over. Number one, don't pull over. Number two, if you do pull over and think something's really wrong, don't believe them, and then just drive slowly and carefully to the nearest gas gas station. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Go to the gas station. If you really want to. If that's what you feel like you need to do, unless it's closed and there's nobody there. Go to the next one. Just keep driving till you find one. You'll hit a city. And once the car stopped at an intersection, Kathleen grabbed her daughter and just jumped from the car. When Kathleen's car was found later, it was gutted and torched, and she identified her kidnapper 
as the man in a Zodiac Wanted poster. Several weeks later, after the incident was reported by the news, the Zodiac sent another letter to the Chronicle describing an abduction with similar details to that of Kathleen Johns, but he never took credit for it outright. And police never officially said that it was done by the Zodiac either. But it was definitely the same guy that played. Yeah, it was definitely. Our main suspect. For sure. For sure. <laughs> and I think that was intentional. I wonder, I, for for a little bit there, I was like, hmm, I wonder if they had, like, multiple people play the Zodiac. That would have been. Just to throw people off, which that, I think would have been brilliant. I was going to say, that would have been insane. I would have loved it. Multiple time travelers. The origin um. story <laughs> of my series. <laughs> Jesus. It's growing. <laughs> it wasn't until 1922. So basically 22 years after the incident that Kathleen Johns identified Larry Kane as the man responsible for the attack. Like she specifically picked his picture out. 22 years later? Exactly. Whoa. Because at first I guess she don't saw the face. Zodiac poster and was like, that's the guy. Yeah. But she didn't specifically pick his picture out from a lineup per mm. se until 22 years later. Ultimately, I mean, there's no real evidence that ties him to the crimes of the Zodiac killer aside from this visual identification which we can't even be sure if she was actually kidnapped by the Zodiac. April 22nd, 1970, the Chronicle publishes another letter from the Zodiac who is now claiming to have killed 10 people. It ends with, P.S., I hope you have fun trying to figure out who I killed. On October 12th, 1970, the Chronicle reports on a postcard sent to them by the Zodiac. The postcard had, had 13 holes punched out, and the Zodiac claimed that his death toll was up to 13 people. October 27th, 1970, Paul Avery, Chronicle crime reporter, receives a Halloween card from the Zodiac telling Paul, you are doomed. I really liked that scene in the movie. I was going to say, great scene in the movie. That was wonderful that was a, acting. That was a beautiful Halloween card he got, too. Yeah. Like, fuck. that's kind of what it looked like, too. Like, the real one. Yeah? There's a picture of it in the book. Yeah, like a, nice. like a photo. Yeah. Yeah. On November 16th, 1970... The Chronicle runs a story which points out similarities between the Zodiac killing and the 1966 murder of a UC Riverside student, Sherry Bates. Police never confirmed that Bates was a Zodiac victim. I, you know, I did not like this part of the whole story. I was like, wow, Paul Avery, you're a bastard. You broke this on the news first. That's rude. March 16th, 1971, the Chronicle reports that the LA Times received a letter from the Zodiac who up until now had been silent for five months. The Zodiac claims that he has killed 17 people now and also claims credit for the Sherry Bates murder. Because why not? I mean, it's been published in the news, so yeah. It's what he do. It's an unsolved mystery. Mm -hmm. Oh, all the unsolved mysteries could have been the Zodiac, exactly. I guess. <laughs> On March 26, 1971, the Zodiac sends the Peek Through the Pines postcard to the Chronicle. Many amateur sleuths believe the postcard is referring to the killing of a nurse, Donna Lass, who went missing in South Lake Tahoe in September of 1970. Donna Lass has never been found and is not officially considered a Zodiac victim. What if her car's out there? You buy a fortune gutter? Yeah. A decomposed body. I gotta look up something real quick. Hold on, where's my phone? Okay. I wanna look up and see where Ted Bundy was at that time. Oh, it is in Tahoe. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> we just solved it. <laughs> Figured it out. All right. That will make its way into the book. Oh, they'll run into each other. There Zodiac you go. and Ted Bundy. I they'll cross it. paths. Yeah. Oh, there'll be like a serial killer bar. It'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be like oh man. You have to like, the press ideas are on, flowing. Like, you have to press on like three different rocks yeah, it's like to a, get in. It's like a speakeasy, but yeah. only for serial killers. Yeah. 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 Cool. Mm -hmm. 
sequel to the origin. <laughs> you have the origin story for, like, you. Oh, me? Like, your character in the book. Oh, I have to be in the book? You have, well, you'll have a character and that... It's written about has, Alex, not about me. He's my muse here. He's okay, the time-traveling Zodiac killer. But, like, he'll have his origin story, but then there has to be an origin story for, like, the world. Oh, it's a love story, actually. I'd change his ways. Does he fall in love with Ted Bundy? <laughs> <laughs> Even better! So, on January 31st, 1974, after nearly three years, the Chronicle receives a letter from the Zodiac, who claims to have killed 37 people now. Wow. Yeah. Pumping those numbers up. On April 26th, 1978, the Chronicle gets its first letter from the Zodiac since January of 74. This letter says, David Tashi, quote, is good, but I am smarter, unquote. Some say it's fake. Others believe it's genuine. In 1986, the Chronicle cartoonist Robert Graysmith comes out with the Zodiac, which is considered a definitive history of the killer and his crimes. The follow-up book, Zodiac Unmasked, released in 2002, says with certainty that the late convicted child molester Arthur Lee Allen, who lived in Vallejo, uh, is the Zodiac. And it really leans that way as well in the Zodiac book yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, they cover, they talk about him the most. The Zodiac killer was, of course, without a doubt, just a fucking fame seeker. Mm-hmm. He that was his pattern. He called to report and take credit for his crimes. Like, hey, so I need to report this murder, this double murder, whatever. To the police. And I'm the one who did it. The ciphers he demanded be published garnered a ton of attention. Mm-hmm. And they had varying difficulty levels, some of which have remained unsolved to this day. Actually, most of them remain unsolved. Yeah, but there's only one like, solved one. one there? solved one. The crosshair symbol was first seen on the letters he sent to the San Francisco Chronicle, the Vallejo Times-Herald, and the San Francisco Examiner. The symbol was used as a type of signature. There are a few ideas as to where this symbol came from. The first theory is that he chose the crosshair signature from the method of killing he preferred. Of his victims, the most common method of execution was via gunshot. Another theory is that both the symbol and his name was lifted from a brand of watch, this is alluded to in the Zodiac movie. It was a Swiss watch company that both the Examiner and the Chronicle ran ads for in the 60s. I really wish there was a better reason why he's called the Zodiac. I mean, I don't know. It kind of makes sense to me, like, picking something that people have seen in every day because, like, I feel like that's well, yeah, just kinda... boring. He calls himself that after... I know, but why did he call himself the Zodiac? Because of the watch? Is it because of the watch? Maybe it is. Top psycholinguistics expert... Dr. Murray Myron sure. worked from 19 Zodiac letters and came to some interesting <laughs> conclusions. Has had some exposure to their training in elementary cryptography as a Caucasian unmarried male in his 20s. And he is no more than high school educated, most likely reads little, is isolated, withdrawn, and is quiet and unprepossessing in disposition. Myron also felt that the Zodiac had good eyesight and was a discretionary illiterate, someone who prefers the passiveness of pictures, TV, and the movies, and does not even have a library of cheap pocketbooks. Myron (laughs) believed the Zodiac would have spent much time in movie houses, specializing in sadomasochistic- I think that's a theater. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And occult eroticism, and Mm. was most likely a borderline psychotic. 
His communications display the characteristic signs of magical thinking and narcissistic infantilism typical of the schizophrenic. Are we, uh, do we follow this so far? I am here for it. Okay, to making sure everything is clear I and mean, explained. Basically, his communications show that he his thought pattern followed the typical pattern of someone who would be schizophrenic. Okay. Yes. Yes. Not that I think you're dumb. Sorry. I just want to no, make sure. No, it's okay. There are, of, there are a lot of there are a lot of words here. The zodiac does fit well in the pattern of what might be called a pseudo or what might be called pseudo-reactive schizophrenia. Yep. So such individuals engage in their bizarre behavior as sort of a cover-up for their underlying and more hidden psychosis, which is just insane to me. They can be expected to display wide swings of emotion from intense euphoria to deepest depression. And he thought that the Zodiac most likely lived a life of like secret seclusion and presents to the world a mask of containment, pleasantness, and it's just kind of an all-around ordinary dude. Or at least that's what he shows people. Mm-hmm. da I love this little fact that you have. It's not a little fact. It's a whole ass paragraph. But this fact about the paper, I think it's really Yes, thank you. I would like to just real quick reference Robert Graysmith, who came to this conclusion. <laughs> and that I copy and pasted. So, thank you. For books, libraries, oh, beautiful. People who write about killers. I don't know what I'd do without you. I'd have no fun facts. So fun fact is the paper. Zodiac used paper that was seven and a half by 10 inches. The standard was normally eight and one half. Riverside Zodiac letters were on teletype paper. Graysmith, you know, yeah. my, my lord and savior in this research, <laughs> did some research of his own. Patron saint of the Zodiac yeah. killer. <laughs> Did some research on the odd paper sizing and found out the style is called Monarch Size. Fancy. Yeah. If he had wanted any from the stationery stores, he would have to order a minimum of 500 sheets that they would cut out of the center of 500 regular size bond paper. And he actually knows this because he called all Damn. kinds of stationery stores, according to his book. That's insane. Yeah. That's a lot of calling and also that's very special and... Someone pointed him in that direction, like, yeah, you would need to special order this from a store. And so he was like, all right, well, let me get the yellow pages out and make my rounds. There we go. Yeah. So the Zodiac paper's um, edges were clean, sharp, and even. It had been cut by a machine, not by hand. However, each of them was slightly different in size and varied as much as one-eighth of an inch in width or length. According to Graysmith, no factory put out paper that imperfect. imperfect. There we go. Like my like my speech. <laughs> Words are hard. Yeah. So he limited the paper to custom cut stock. The different sizes meant that Zodiac could put in many special orders of 500 sheets each and use pages from each order, basically. From watching The Office, I know how paper selling works. Usually yeah. You buy more than, you know, 500 sheets. You buy more, like, cases. Yes, yeah, so suspect number one, Richard Gajkowski. An informant who goes by the name of Blaine Blaine alleged that a man named Richard Gajkowski was the Zodiac Killer. Blaine had followed through his own investigation, using Graysmith's book basically as his foundation. Oh. He stated that through his investigation, he zoned in on Gajkowski, which allegedly led to Gajkowski threatening him, even supposedly killing two people in order to threaten Blaine, which I feel like if he was trying to threaten you, he'd just like slash your tires or rob your house or do something. Wow. Those are very different in I don't escalation. Know. I just feel like killing two people to threaten someone else isn't a very good threat. That's the highest escalation, I think. No, it would be killing him. 
And be like, I'm well, gonna put an end to this. That doesn't feel like a threat. That feels like a promise. <laughs> uh, Blaine said he had stolen a whole notebook full of Gajkowski's writing to use for handwriting analysis because he was certain that it would be a match. Blaine also told the story of how Gajkowski dictated a letter to him that was published in the newspaper that they both worked at as an open letter to the Zodiac. Blaine even accused Gajkowski of killing a cab driver similar to the confirmed Zodiac killing of Paul Stein. So his theory was like, oh, he killed this dude the same way Zodiac did. We know for sure that that's a Zodiac crime. So he just repeated the same crime, which we have no proof of. He's kind of lazy with the Zodiac. I felt like the reason why we should mention him is because he also felt so strongly that he wrote a whole book. Well, they disproven to the point where like, yeah, anyone... Because, like, Zodiac's never been... Right. I think it's never been claimed. Right. Even well, to this day with DNA and everything, I think so. a big part of the reason why they're like, no, it's not him, is because, like, they've disproven all of Blaine's allegations. I'm sorry. Every time you say Blaine... Have you ever seen Pretty in Pink? Yeah. Okay. You know when Ducky's like, Blaine? <laughs> that's not a name. That's an appliance. And that's all I keep hearing in my head. Oh my and I'm God. so sorry, but my God. That's a good movie. Continue. Well, if it makes you feel any better, he decided to give himself a fun name so we don't have to call him Blaine. Oh, good. Gold catcher. No, I can think it's Golden Face <laughs> from oh The Office. God. <laughs> the title of the book is, it? is Gold Catcher and Man, Zodiac. Gotta check that book out next. Gotta. He still stands by his theories to this day and is super passionate about it in spite of being disproven by multiple investigators. So next suspect is Andrew Todd Walker, which is a pseudonym, if I can say that right. It just sounds wrong when I'm saying it. I don't but know. That's right. It's, it looks wrong also while it's being spelt. So I did much, much or most of this one. Yep. So in Robert Grayson's book, Zodiac, a chapter on Andrew Todd Walker explaining that in early 1970, the police became aware of Andy Walker. A highway patrolman got involved in a cat and mouse game with a man, a new green Ford. After several weeks of parking across from one another, the patrolman parked elsewhere and sure enough, the green Ford followed. It was parked so close to the door that neither car could be opened. Andy Walker was a middle-aged man with an enormous face and thin lips. He wore dark-rimmed glasses, had a pot belly, weighed over 200 pounds, and stood at six feet tall. Walker had been accused of sending threatening letters to a school teacher with similar M.O. to the Zodiacs. Several investigators began looking into his name. These investigators spoke with Robert Graysmith at length over their 17-page report on Andy Walker. They explained that Darlene Farron's sister, Linda, had picked Walker's picture from a lineup. According to family, Darlene had been terrorized by an unknown man, and when Linda picked out Walker, she put it like he was most likely the same man who was terrorizing Darlene in the months before her death. Linda said she had seen Walker twice, once in February 1969 at Darlene's work, and once in May 1969 at a painting party hosted by Darlene Farron. Detectives got their hands on an NSA cipher computer printout of one of the Zodiac's codes and claimed that words that approximated Walker's name was repeated several times in the cryptogram. This apparently came from the last line of the Zodiac cipher of July 31st, 1969. Zodiac wrote, I was swamped out by the rain we had a while back and the area of Walker's house was flooded at the time of the Zodiac's letter. Detectives even secured photos to prove it. The peek through the pines postcard was written by the Zodiac and Walker lived in a pine grove in an isolated area. 
Detectives also explain to Graysmith the connections between Zodiac and Walker. They can connect Walker to the Sierra Club, which the Zodiac had mentioned on the same peeking through the Pines postcard. Seems like a pretty good connection. On the day of Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard's attack, a stocky man entered a general store near the lake and frantically asked for the quickest way to leave. And when investigators asked witnesses from that day, they all picked out Walker's picture. Walker had also been taught code in the years 1942 through 1945 while serving in the military. Walker had three other social security cards as well. sketch as fuck no matter what. Yeah, Yeah, he had one for himself and three others. Don't be doing that. No, why? No, don't be doing that. Zodiac's murders and letters were all done while Walker was not working. And when he, while the Zodiac had no activity, Walker could be seen working. So there's a timeline there. Walker is ambidextrous. My brother is that. And Walker also spent a considerable amount of time at the restaurant that Darlene worked at. They also found out that Walker had previously owned a 1961 four-door white, I don't know, car. Biscayne. In 1968, which is similar design to the Impala. Mm -hmm. The Impala, (laughs) which is what they were like, oh, that, that was the car that had been identified. Another suspect, which we kind of already covered before, Larry Kane. Larry Kane was also supposedly, basically was supposedly identified by nine different Zodiac eyewitnesses. Those witnesses include survivors of the Zodiac, such as Kathleen Johns, which has not been confirmed. But she has picked him out, which, like I said, was 22 years after the fact that she officially identified him as the dude. confusing. Right. Well, the... We're adding and subtracting multiple years, and it's 2020. Whoops. Well, the problem is, like, visual identification of a suspect is hard. Yeah. And 22 years later, for you to say, this is the dude, and there is a certain level to it that I'm sure, like, I don't doubt that whoever... You get things wrong. If you get abducted, I'm sure that face is burned into your mind for the rest of your life. Yeah. But like you said, you're traumatized, Mm -hmm. so you don't know if everything that is being burned into your memory is actually factual or if certain things are over-exaggerated because of how your brain is processing the situation. So since Kathleen John's attack was never officially attributed to the Zodiac, it's, like we said, largely believed that it was just another case of the Zodiac taking credit for something he didn't do. And that if Larry Kane was the abductor of Kathleen John's, it was just an isolated incident. Uh, A police officer who claimed to have potentially seen the Zodiac also identified him. But again, it was another situation of, well, I can't be 100% sure, but I think maybe he looks like the dude. So not the greatest. Larry Kane's prints were eventually compared to the prints of the Zodiac. So that thumbprint that they got and they ended up not being a match, which is a good way of ruling people out. But also, how can we be sure that that's the Zodiac? It's also a fingerprint. Exactly. Do you know how many fucking people touch that? A lot. So another suspect is Rick Marshall. He worked at a theater where the handwriting on the movies matched the letters. He had a special interest in movies about hunting humans and movies involving bad guys sending letters to their victims or investigators. He's strongly featured in the Zodiac movie. And Rick Marshall wasn't the dude. So we move on to what is perhaps the best, the best suspect for the Zodiac killer, which was one Mr. Arthur Lee Allen. The original root of how Arthur Lee Allen came into the investigation isn't fully known. It's not super clear. I don't know if it was super clear in Graysmith's book as far as, like, how he was introduced to the investigation. 
Not really. I just kind of threw you right into it. Nice. What we do know is that on October 6th, 1969, Detective Lynch went to the Elmer Cave Elementary School to question Alan on his whereabouts in relation to the attack of Lake Berryessa. Alan stated that he had gone skin diving that day and that nobody could fully confirm his whereabouts. What is skin diving? <laughs> exactly. So that's why I asked myself. So I Googled it. So skin diving is going diving without a wetsuit, usually in deep waters, using an aqua lung and flippers. And then I had to look up what an aqua lung Thank was. Thank you as well. Yeah. An aqua lung is a portable breathing apparatus used by divers. So basically the oxygen tank. Perfect. This could have, why did they just say that? Right. Five days after Alan's initial interview, the final killing attributed to the Zodiac, uh, the murder of Paul Stein, occurred. And even after this last murder, as we know, the letters continued, and the Zodiac kept taking credit for more killings, even when it was proven that he wasn't responsible for them at all. This is where Donald Cheney comes in. Uh, he worked with Alan and would provide information about Alan that would point to him as the Zodiac in a way that no other suspect had been linked. Also, can I just make a real quick sidebar about that last paragraph? Zodiac was such a fucking fame whore. Yes. I think there's a list of killings outside of the confirmed Zodiac killings that are theorized to be done by the Zodiac. I'll put that on the on the website, too. On one occasion, Cheney and Arthur Lee Allen were speaking, and Allen talked on relating how he would go to a lover's lane area and use a revolver or a pistol with a flashlight attached for illumination and as an aiming device. And would basically just walk around and shoot people. He went on to say that it would be without motive and talked about how difficult it would be for the police to investigate. Allen said that he would send notes to police or authorities to harass or lead them astray and he would sign the notes Zodiac. Later in the conversation, Allen also talked about shooting tires of a school bus and picking off, quote, the little darlings as they came bouncing off the bus. Which, like, motherfucker, you already said how you want to sign your letters and what you want to do, and then you follow the plan, and I just feel like that enough is like, there's our dude, there's a confession, but it wasn't to a cop, so it doesn't count. More investigating of Alan would show his history of pedophilia. Allegedly, Alan took a daughter of his employer out on a boat without parental permission and made sexual advances towards her while they were out on the water alone. In spite of this awfulness, the father did not report Alan to the police and even Great told dad. Them, yeah, and even told them when they interviewed him that Arthur Lee Allen was a hard worker and a great employee. Minus that time he tried to fucking molest my daughter. I mean, that could be true, but we still should report. We definitely should. <laughs> crimes when they happen. When the police next questioned Alan, he denied ever having conversation about killing anyone and expressed how he would love it if people quit calling police officers pigs. As the investigation progressed, a man named Philip Tucker was drawn in due to his experiences with Alan. Alan had reportedly showed Tucker and his wife a piece of paper that he kept in a safe metal box that told a rambling story of a man who'd been committed to a mental hospital for sexually assaulting a child. The man had supposedly been betrayed by his lawyer and the letter had symbols scattered throughout that were also present in the Zodiac ciphers. Mrs. Tucker asked if she could borrow the paper to study it, but Alan said he'd make her a copy instead because he couldn't let the paper out of his hands, essentially. He would not let it go anywhere that he couldn't protect. A copy of it was never given to her. Philip Tucker also provided the police with the information that Alan did own both a revolver and an automatic handgun. 
They questioned if he had any knowledge of whether or not Alan had ever owned a brown 1960s Cor- Corvair. Is this another car? It's another car. Jesus Christ. Stop it's making so many sentence. cars. Oh, which was a car they suspected was driven by the killer responsible for the Blue Rock Springs Park shooting. Find other cars that are easier to say. Thank you. Find some Toyotas. That's my speech of the evening. <laughs> Tucker told them that Alan had never owned a car matching that description. But that he had. Okay. Phil Tucker had two cars and he had been trying to sell the Corvair. Corvair? Corvair. Jesus. I think it's Corvair. I want to say Var. <laughs> don't know why. Maybe Even, that's the correct way to I'm say I'm not it. a car person. I don't know here. I don't know this one. Even more of a coincidence, he had parked the car at a filling station for several weeks over the summer. Is that a gas station? Yes. Okay. Trying to get someone interested in buying it. The keys were left at the gas station, which they felt comfortable enough to do because their buddy Arthur Lee Allen was working there at the time. Which is pretty fucking convenient that, no, he doesn't own this car, but he had Had access access to it. And they felt safe enough leaving the keys there because he works there, so he'll keep an eye on it for us. Which, like, okay, bud. In case you were worried that Arthur Lee Allen was just a dude who just kind of happened to be wrong place and wrong time, and the only fucked up thing he did was trying to fuck with a kid, which is pretty fucked up enough. He was, aside from that one incident in the boat, was an otherwise convicted child molester who spent time in a mental hospital for supposed treatment of his pedophilia. Officers of Sonoma County suspected him in multiple killings, but couldn't conclusively prove that it was him. The killings of these women did not fit the Zodiac profile, but supposedly the timeline works out that the same individual could have committed both these murders that they're interested in him for and the Zodiac killings. Which seems like a pretty busy dude if he actually did do all of it. Let's hearken back to that letter. Alan agreed to take a polygraph. He was later noted to be bragging about passing the test with flying colors, which I give you no credit for because they're super fucking easy. Right. Multiple sources claim that he enjoyed telling people about his lie detector experience, even bragging sometimes that it took more than 10 hours. Which, like, you're not fucking special, dude. No, it just means you're heavily suspicious. Exactly. You're shady-ass character <laughs> is what it means. We don't trust you. The police searched Alan's home at the time, though they were unable to link him conclusively to the Zodiac killings. They did find tons of weapons, which he wasn't allowed to have due to his prior convictions. Nothing was able to tie Alan to the Zodiac killings conclusively for years. The fingerprint that was assumed to be the Zodiacs didn't match him, and the DNA that they got off of the envelope didn't match. It was near the end of 1990 when career criminal Ralph Spinelli tried to make a deal for himself. He said he'd give police the name of the Zodiac if they dropped all charges against him. Obviously, police were curious how this dude knew the Zodiac and asked for some sort of explanation. Spinelli told them a story of how the man in question bragged one day about how he was going to kill a cab driver. In the next day or so, a cab driver was killed and the Zodiac took credit for it. Spinelli revealed the name of the killer to the public defender, who later revealed that, according to Spinelli, the name of the killer was Lee Allen. Vallejo detectives planned to take another look at Allen. They approached Mike Mugu to identify him in a line of, of pictures. And Mike did identify Alan as the man who shot him, which is also included in the movie. The very end. This could not be taken as a complete fact. Again, because of how unreliable photo identifications can be, especially two decades after the fact. Another issue was that Mike's initial description of the Zodiac differed from the picture of Alan, which raised eyebrows. Every account that I found was exactly as it was depicted in the movie, 
Like, he was like, yeah, that's the guy who did it, but also he had a round face like this guy. Mm-hmm. So police were in contact with Alan again, trying to get him to take another polygraph to basically have an opportunity to interrogate him and try and trip him up on some facts, especially now that time had passed. At this point, we're in August of 1992, and Arthur Lee Allen was nursing a variety of health issues, including kidney failure and a recurrent abscess on his foot that basically left him debilitated. Oh no. He was also legally blind at this stage. You know that, that real quick, that um, psycholinguistic expert claimed that whoever the Zodiac was would likely end with suicide. That's interesting. Yes. On August 26th, police responded to a call that someone at Allen's address was in need of assistance, only to arrive and find that Arthur Lee Allen was dead. Yeah. I don't know, I don't think Gray Smith's book covers, like, his death, because I saw two different things. One is that basically he died from his kidney failure. That's probably in the sequel. The other cause of death was heart attack. That was the That's second. That's what I saw. Yeah. That's what they cite in the movie is that his cause of death was by a heart attack. But I read in a couple different sources too that it was his renal failure essentially. Probably. So, I don't know. Kind of gives L- into one another. Litter- which lit- comes I was going to say little column A, little column B. <laughs> Following his death, police combed through his basement apartment and he rented out the upper levels of the house. Which, like, no, that's a red flag. No. And I guess at the time of his death, like, a chick was living there. And even though he was, like, an older man, like, I couldn't, I couldn't live in a house knowing there was, like, this crusty old man who was maybe a killer fucking living in my goddamn basement that but I was renting known, from him. But also like, child molester. Exactly. So many red flags. And he has the keys to your house. In the search that the police performed, they found a tape, which I'm pretty sure was like a VHS tape, labeled Z. Which they called Zodiac in the movie. I mean, like, that's why Zed's name is Zed. I think I've told you that before. Because I wanted, I was like, if I get lazy, I could just write the yes, letter Z. You have said that before. Yeah. I, real quick, I thought you were talking about the Zodiac, and I was like, I'm sorry, but what now? Yeah, so Zed's real name is Zodiac. Zodiac. We just call him Zed for short. I found different reports on what exactly is on that tape, but all of the resources that I found basically include that everything on them was related to the Zodiac Killer. It wasn't just a coincidentally named letter Z tape. It allegedly included news reports from the Zodiac investigation that it was Alan cursing at the camera to the Vallejo Police Department, just throwing all kinds of shade towards them and mooning them because of the work they were doing on the Zodiac investigation. Either way, feels kind of strange to me to have a tape all about it if you're not connected to it. And I mean, obviously, like, he's the suspect, so I'm sure he had some interest, but If I was a suspect in something that I didn't do, I don't think I'd want reminders of it. No. They also found a document on his printer that was essentially a written consent form to submit to another polygraph examination. The almost new computer he had had only been used to print that document and to create a series of disks that he called... Sorry, what? Polygon. Polygon? This is first I'm hearing of this kind of thing. So, um, Tiffany was able unable to find a ton of information about it but supposedly it doesn't have anything to do with the investigation they also found multiple illegal weapons and the tools to build a bomb which like 10 out of 10 shady as fuck yeah usually if you got things to build a bomb you're not up to anything good honestly arthur lee allen is undoubtedly 
the lead suspect for the Zodiac Killer. I don't think there's any confusion on that. Despite all the back and forth, I think the supposedly crazy random happenstance things that surround him just can't be overlooked. It's just too much. Like, there's a certain level of coincidence that I think you can anticipate in life, but that there's so much. Also, fun fact, as we may have already alluded to, like, fucking in the movie... And in real life, Arthur Lee Allen wore a Zodiac watch. Yes. So it just, all the pieces are there. Who do you think the Zodiac killer was? Allen. For sure. As soon as I watched the movie, I was like, yeah, he did it. I was like, I don't need any other resources. I'm done. Okay, real fast. Real fast. Because we've got, I think, a little bit more. Are we done? That's it. Okay, cool. Okay. So you have one unsolved murder, serial killer, whatever, identity. (sighs) You can ask God to tell you. Definitely. And the information, all of it around it. Will I be given any tools so that I can like. So you can solve it? Share it? (laughs) No. 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 I just get to know and that's it. Yeah. If you, yeah. Um, yeah. You share it, you perish in hell forever in a bad place. No. I don't want to go to a bad place. All right. I don't know if you heard, but Alex, was it Texarkana? Texarkana? I'm just looking up Texarkana. We'll star this story for another time. Okay, so what would you pick? I guess if it wouldn't change. Because, like, there are situations where I'm like, this is the person who did it. And I think they did it 110% without a shadow of a doubt. I wouldn't ask for any of those because it's like, I already know my opinion. And if I can't share it anyways, then why the fuck do I want to share it? What if it blows your mind? So who are you going to pick? I have to say... Mm -hmm. Fucking either Jack the Ripper or Jean Benet. That's who I would pick. Really? You don't just assume who killed? I definitely have my assumptions. I mean, I don't have any for Jack the Ripper. Exactly. That's, like, I don't even know where to begin with that. And so that's why I would, like, just give me that information. Like, I want to know. Was it a chick? Was it a dude? Was it a doctor looking for organs? Was it someone just kind of haphazardly chapping about? I don't know. It's a surprise. Who would you choose? Excellent question. I don't know. There's a few things that have really plagued me. (laughs) There are so many things, like... All right, two biggest, like, that immediately, immediately come to mind is, I think it's, I want to say Eliza Lamb. I'm not sure if that's Elisa Lamb. Okay, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, the water, the water. Yeah. Tank. Yeah. Um, That one, because that one really messed with me. Mm -hmm. Or, there's, no, not two, there's three. Lady of the Dunes or Lady in the Dunes. Okay. Which I think they talked about on My Favorite Murder before, where, like, she supposedly was an extra mm-hmm. in Jaws or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah, The biggest one were those two chicks that went to the jungle somewhere and died out there. I know what you're talking about. Do you yeah. remember? Like, yeah. And they, like, found the camera. And oh, my gosh. And there's clothes. random pictures taken. I just would, yeah. I would love to know That's what really happened in those multiple, like, so- days. Honestly, the first thing that you, when you said that, the first thing my brain went to was the Delphi murders or Delphi murders Mm -hmm. because, like, they just did an episode on My Favorite Murder, which, if you guys are here, I'm assuming you already listened to that. (laughs) I would assume. I don't know how you're here first. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But if you are, fucking go listen to that. And that I would love to know the answer to. Like, who killed these two girls? And they, like, have this dude on fucking video. Yeah. And they have his voice, and it's in a town of less than 3,000 people. 
no so they're like and i guess the police are like he's a local like yeah. he knew the pro like the area of the park they were in and everything i don't know so i think the two girls that so died in the in the in the jungle jungle girls because i spent so much time yeah looking at articles looking at the photos like zooming into the photos yeah. and trying to figure things out and i just feel like jack the ripper is such a classic one like i what would if it's disappointing though also that like oh what if nothing happened dakota thinks nothing happened to those two girls they just died, died because of the elements but yeah. i still want to know what the hell happened how they got lost say, what led like, up to that moment right like i think they were being stalked part of me thinks they're being stalked by like a tour guide crazy people i'm just writing stories over here <laughs> i see that you know what you i should a series that should be creative where you take which Lindsay's saying it so she calls dibs on it of course because i have all the free time to write these things where you take real life like unsolved no, I'll murders write it sure i'll be your ghost writer perfect love it even better because you have all the time to write i have so much time <laughs> where you take these like unsolved murders and you like spin it into a story and you just write like it's like you know what they part need to have? Part nonfiction, part fictional. You know what they need to fucking have is a fucking choose-your-own-adventure book. Oh, no! <laughs> a choose-your-own-adventure book for a serial killer. Like, you're being... You can, and you can you choose... You are the serial killer. You can killer. choose at the beginning if you're going to be the serial killer or the we victim. Have, we have to actually work through your childhood. Oh, <laughs> my God. That's how it starts. You're, you're a baby, and you slowly make choices right. into adolescence. And then... Oh, no. What if you pick the wrong family? And you become the serial killer. I'm just saying. That could be an excellent psychology book. <laughs> Gotta say, I could really make some money <laughs> off of that. <laughs> you could do a lot with that. You could go places with that. I could indeed. That's not what we're here for. It's not what we're here for. We're here for podcasting about murder, true crime, and also posting memes on our Instagram, which is at Luminol Cocktail Pod. Even better segue than last week. Doing great. <laughs> you can also find us on our Facebook, which is Luminol Cocktail Podcast. We also have a bomb-ass website that Lindsay manages and runs and designed the whole damn thing. Thank you so much. I work on that endlessly. <laughs> Instead of research, <laughs> I just go onto the website where you can find all of our updates and news articles that relate to our episodes and that is luminolcocktail.com. All right. You got anything else? Uh, next week, I think you you actually picked the topic. You changed the topic because mine was school shootings. And I was like, I can't handle that. No, which is fair. Yeah. Because we're not all messed up like me. I am not there. We're doing conspiracy theories. Which, like, fuck yeah. On mass shootings. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be next week's. All right. So we will look forward to seeing you next time. For another round of Luminol Cocktails. Mm-hmm.